Hi, this is Jake, and you're listening to the Flight Training Podcast. So we're now in our second week talking about worship as a discipline, and something I didn't really explain last week, but maybe should get to now, is like, why are we even talking about worship as a spiritual discipline? Uh, You know, last week we were talking about spirit touching spirit, that when we truly worship is when we interact with God who's seeking us, who's looking for worshipers, but... Um, I want to quote Richard Foster. I'm going to be quoting from him quite a book, of uh, quite a bit in this podcast in his book Celebration of Discipline. Uh, here's what he says on this topic. He says one reason worship should be considered a spiritual discipline is because it is an ordered way of acting and living that sets us before God so He can transform us. And when he says ordered, there he doesn't mean ordered like a command from someone. He means ordered like organized uh, or like something very you know you do these specific things. And so he's saying it's a, it's a way that we can act in a certain way and live in a certain way that puts us in a spot where God can transform us. And that's why worship has a, a discipline component to it. And really, you know, even though we're dependent to God's touch, it comes back to the same analogy we talked about at the very beginning of the year uh, with what is a spiritual discipline. And we use that analogy of a farmer. You know, a farmer can't grow or can't make wheat, can't make corn or tomatoes. All the farmer can do is prepare the soil, take care of certain elements to allow what God's already put in to the seed, like that life that God has already put in something, allow it to flourish. It's still dependent on the, the life of the plant. It's still dependent on the sun and the rain and lots of other things. But you can tool, you know, plow up the soil and you can put the right minerals in the ground and stuff like that or do some watering and those things bring forth what God has already put there. You know, it helps the the life uh, that God puts into something. And that's what a discipline is. Like you prepare your own heart, the soil of your heart for God to grow. And so worship, the, our part of it is we do certain actions to open ourselves up to God's touch. So today we're going to be talking about specifically about how do you do certain actions uh, during your week that prepare you for worship. And uh, we're going to get to this idea of holy expectancy. But first, another quote from Foster. He says, activity is the enemy of adoration. Activity is the enemy of adoration. So when we're very busy, I was reading a, a sermon from George McDonald today. Uh, I don't actually have it in my notes here, but he was talking about um, that God never hurries. And uh, when we look at our own lives and our modern culture, we hurry a lot and we're busy a lot and you've probably had these moments where you're super busy and frazzled and it's very hard to worship right it's very hard to turn your heart fully towards God because you're so frazzled and spread thin and so if you're busy 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 spread out spread out spread out spread out doing everything on your own power your own energy when you get into a worship service or something like that it's it's maybe impossible or, or it's very hard at least to flip a switch and to just, oh, now I'm going to be dependent on God and let God come and move because we haven't been listening or living off of his strength during the week. So um, Foster to kind of back up the statement of activity is the enemy of adoration. He, he tries to get our priorities right and he refers to Jesus's assessment of the two greatest commandments. And and this comes up several times in the Gospels where Jesus says, you know, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength is the greatest commandment. 
And then the second, the not as important but still super important, is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so Foster says the divine priority is worship first, service second. I want some of you guys to really think about that in your own life. Are you worshiping God as your first priority and serving other people as your second priority? Is your relationship, your connection, your time with Him, is that number one? Your love for Him? And then your love for everyone else and helping them second? Because a trap that a lot of us get into, and I, I saw this often when I was living down in Mexico, I was living with some other missionaries, so I got to really get to know them on a fairly intimate level because we're, we're working together and living in the same little neighborhood or at times even in the same building. And, uh, and I got to see that, that several of them were struggling with their pouring out to the people around them. They're doing loving actions all day long, trying to help other people all day long, but they were spiritually withering up inside because they they didn't have time to read their Bible or spend time with God. Or I shouldn't even say they didn't have time. They had prioritized to where they didn't leave any room for a, a good walk with God because they were running around trying to help so many people. And it's such a sad state to be in because it's such a, you know, you're trying so hard to do the right thing, but you're not doing it right. Like part of being a disciple, I mean, maybe all of being a disciple is being obedient to what Jesus says. And what he says here is like the number one thing to get done in your life is to love God. The number two thing is to love other people. And so we can't move on to loving other people until we've given real space to loving God. And so in your own life, if you're spending tons of time trying to help others, but just a very small amount of time connected with Jesus and trying to follow him or trying to worship him and love him, then you've got it backwards, okay? And the awesome thing is the more time you spend with Jesus, it's going to push you to help others in a, in a very powerful way, in a very loving way, um, but it's you're not going to wither up. You're going to be full of Jesus, and then you're going to have something to give to other people that's worthwhile. So, um, so how do we move in that direction? We all still have to go to jobs. We all still have to have responsibilities with other people and things like that. How do we get to this spot where throughout the week we're in touch with God so that when we come to a worship time, a, a corporate worship time, or t- together with a group of other people, we're ready? Well, Foster in his book brings up a, a guy that uh, Bob Spradling has talked to me about a whole bunch. Frank Laubach is the guy's name. And this guy uh, made it his goal to try to always be talking with God. And he would set up all these things in his mind uh, or in his life to try to get him to always be in conversation with God throughout every minute of every day. Uh, And it's not that he was perfect in that, but he kept pushing himself for more and more and more. And yeah, you could have a conversation with Bob or you can read more about Frank Law book on your own, but it's a great thing to strive for this idea of I want to pray without ceasing, you know, just like it talks about, and and I believe it's First Thessalonians. I could be off; it might be Second Thessalonians in that. But um, so Frank was chasing after that, praying without ceasing. And if throughout this week you can try to throughout every day be listening and talking to God more than you have in the past, maybe not every moment, but you're trying to build towards a constant conversation with God, then when you get to a worship time, it's very easy to expect God to speak to you or to move because you've been seeing him move and speaking 
all throughout the day. And if you want to take just first steps into this, like put some more silence into your life. Uh, this last week, I've, I've put myself in just a discipline of when I, the first trip I take in a, in a car when I'm driving by myself uh, is silent. You know, I don't, I don't turn any music on or a podcast or anything. I just I cultivate a little bit of silence, try to think about what did I read in the Bible or, or just, just give a little bit of space. And then, you know, I'm trying to take walks and things like that. I'm creating these little spaces of silence. And by doing that, then it's easier in these other moments when things are busy to try to be thinking before I speak, like, God, what do you want me to say? Or when I'm looking around at other people, like, God, do you have something to teach me through this little piece of nature I can see right now or through this other person's sad face? Like, do you have a comment or something you're trying to say to me? You try to explore, like, God, what are you saying? Now, that's a lot to throw out there, and I was trying to think about a challenge, and I didn't want to make the challenge too insanely hard. So I'm actually going to make the challenge very easy this week. Um, and please remember that because one of the challenges we're building towards here in a couple weeks uh, is going to be a little bit challenging. <laughs> so uh, this one's an easy one this week. So even though I want, I would love for you to try to have constant conversation with God throughout the week, anything that would build a holy expectancy in you, Here's the very practical, specific thing I want you to challenge you that you need to do this week is it's only going to take you 10 minutes. Uh, you know, you can spend more time on it if you want, but arrive to a worship service. Could be church this Sunday, but someplace where a group of Christians are getting together to praise God. Arrive to that worship service 10 minutes earlier than you normally would. And for instance, if you're coming to Maywood, get if you normally get here five minutes early, get here 15 minutes early. And when you get here, the point is going to be to do some praying on your own to get ready for the time together to worship God. So you might need to go sit up in our balcony or if you're at a different place, you don't need to, to get yourself to a spot. You want to be in whatever room you're going to be worshiping, but you also don't want to just you know have a, someone stop by and be like, oh, hey, how was your weekend? Blah, blah, blah. Like you're trying to, to use this time to actually just pray. So depending on the setting, you might have to get there earlier to make sure other people aren't going to distract you. But all you need to do is spend about 10 minutes praying. Obviously, you're welcome to spend more. But the first thing you do when you pray, lift up your heart and say, Jesus, I'm here to worship you. Help me to focus in on you. Help me to open up to you. And, and I don't even have to wait till the music starts like, and start praising him for a few things right then. Start praying and saying, Jesus, thank you for being this. God, I see that you are this. Um, and so you're praying that sort of stuff. And then move on and pray for whoever is going to lead that service. You may know who's preaching or who's going to be leading music or whatever. You may not know, depending on the service, but pray for those people as specifically as you can and pray things like, God, flow through that person as they lead us to you. Uh, bless that person with peace and calm today. Help them to understand the one thing you want to get through them to other people or, or however you want to pray. And then, hopefully by now, people are starting to enter the room or enter the worship center or sanctuary and ask God, like, God, do you want me to pray something for somebody? Maybe you see someone come in and they're really happy, and maybe that inspires you to pray something for them, you know, maybe just that they could be focused during the service or something like that, or maybe you come see someone walk in and it's not something you would have normally noticed, but you see that, you know, their shoulders are kind of slumped and they look, they look down a little bit. And because you're you're paying attention, you notice that. So you, you start praying like, God, I, 
I feel this person's laid on my heart. Like, you start lifting them up. Like, help the burdens that are, are weighing them down to be lifted off their shoulders. Help them to be able to worship you in peace today. Um, and so all of that can happen in just about 10 minutes. You're welcome to spend more time doing it if you want. But that's the challenge this week. Show up early and pray and say, God, I'm expecting you to be here today. Please help me. I want to praise you. Please help the leaders. Please help the other people entering this room. Now, you could go further. You know, you could get some extra sleep on Saturday night, so you come to, to worship ready. You could, you know, look at the bulletin when you first get to church, and it'll show you the songs that we're going to sing. You look up on your phone the song lyrics beforehand. Read them and think, like, do I really mean these things? You know, our memory verse is about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Do I, can I truly say this stuff we're about to sing? And you pray through that with God even before the music starts. Uh, or, or something like you could go for a walk before entering the church. You know, maybe you even drive, if, you, if you're coming by yourself, maybe you drive and park at the church, but then you go for a walk around the block talking with God and getting ready for the service. So there's lots of ways that you can prepare your heart for worship, but the specific challenge this week, show up 10 minutes early to the room and pray. Okay, so that's the challenge, and I'm excited to hear how it goes with you guys. It can make a much more powerful encounter with God when we do the discipline of preparing beforehand. Thanks, guys. <laughs>